is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm going to raise. I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. Good night, Mr. Wilson. Good night. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. It's World Champion Podcast. My name is your host, Brighton SLC. And I am your analog friend, Sean. We are two gentlemen who signed a very, very bad contract with the Smogville World's Fair. We are now forced to live in this blessed. great, blessed town blessed. inside of a Ferris wheel to record the greatest podcast of all time, discussing the only things we truly understand, fringe and forgotten pop culture and other mysteries of the universe. Really... We may not say the truth all the time, but we never lie. That's exactly uh, kind of accurate. It's like mostly accurate. That is nearly accurate. Yep. That is nearly almost accurately-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, forgive me. I'm kind of stumbling over my words. We're both a little nervous. Yeah, very nervous. Um, last week, if you, you may have heard, there were kind of some weird, what I would describe as drilling sounds. <laughs> drilling. I think drilling's the right word. There was a strange drilling at the foot of the Ferris wheel, and uh, I guess we shouldn't have mentioned it on a national broadcast because it caught the attention of who who else the government Mm -hmm. the government and now the uh, ferris wheel inspector general uh newly appointed by the commander-in-chief is is coming uh tonight any any minute maybe any minute now really so we've got to bang this out we've got to get to it um i'm making the traditional quad pork wheels Mm -hmm. and i am gonna clean the uh the ferris linens as mandated by, you know, the government. Yeah, and then hopefully uh, Tugboat is taking care of the, the ginger ale glasses. Mm-hmm. Those yep. special I, goblets. I think so. He's, 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 he doesn't have those opposable thumbs, but he can really polish those paws up. Right, and he, I've seen it. He can, he can lick a glass. Mm-hmm. He can lick it clean. <laughs> so hopefully he finishes that up. We put a little treat at the bottom of each one, so mm-hmm. we'll lick them clean, and we can fill them with, with the Smogville ginger ale. Mm-hmm. And then throw the pork wheels on top. Yeah, as you do. There's a lot of decorum to follow, which frankly I didn't even know about, but it's all in the it's all there in the Constitution. I know. It's like, do you salute with your left hand or your right hand? I'm I'm practicing these counterclockwise marching around. Yeah, the, we the still Ferris need to cart. sync up our kicks. Mm-hmm. I, we got the whistle out. I just I'm I'm weirdly nervous. I don't know why. He could shut this whole operation down, and I, that would be a disaster for I, us. I guess that's true. And put it in there's significant jail time for Ferris violations. Now, Mister. Uh, Pumpernickel, our boss at the Smogville World's Fair, he did stop by and hand us a satchel. Right. And he said, just leave this in the open and then make a big production about turning around. Right. And you'll be fine. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Well, the bat, the, it's, it's, it's jingling. It's like kind of jingling noise inside of it. Yeah. Like like a bag of, I don't know, like metal. Like when you shake metal. a pinball machine. Yeah. I, I can't quite place what that is. But yeah, he said, turn around, you know, count to 10, he'll be gone. Almost like some sort of like like Candyman or some sort of a, some spooky Halloween tradition. Yeah, it sounds like a trick, so I don't know if I'm going to go for it. I right. think I'll just make sure those pork wheels are, are yeah, tender, delicious. Juicy. And tender, tender, juicy, hot mm. pork on top of a ginger ale glass. Yep. 
Okay. Well, let's let's get through this. Let's just do our best and not try to think about the Ferris wheel, Inspector General. Yeah, I think uh, probably let's just jump into it. This is, uh, you know, one of our most easily one of our most overused segments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mini music movies. I want my mini music movies. So this one, I, I believe these ones were actually requested when we first started doing the mini music movie thing by okay. one of our listeners. Okay, good. Um, depending on how accurate my memory is, these may have been the first music videos I ever saw. Really? It was either this pair of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers videos or it was Welcome to the Jungle. What do you mean these, this pair? You saw them both? I saw them both at the same time and it, I had never heard of Tom Petty. I'd never heard of anything. I was oh. not a music musicer. So, uh, yeah, I was probably like 10 years old flipping through the channels. I had to have been 10 because uh, Running Down a Dream didn't come out until 1989. So I'm flipping through the channels. I see this late at night. Um, Because I don't know. I mean, not to brag, but uh, (laughs) we had cable. Oh, baby. (laughs) When you got cable, you got to brag. Got to (laughs) brag. Cable. Man, having a cable as a kid, there you go. You just say that. Sometimes when I'm at the bar and there's a beautiful woman, a very Jessica Rabbit, esque woman and i want to impress her she, you know she's she's kind of sitting there drinking an apple martini and then i'm like hey man when i was a kid get a load of this like i'll bring it up in job interviews like yeah it was cool <laughs> like you know i could watch uh car 54 where are you and and then uh my three sons and then dragnet like every night and then i could flip it over to mtv if i wanted and yeah. in the springtime uh baseball tonight would be on and i'd see how the twins were doing so Exactly. You well, know. Well, you were sleeping at night. I was Nick at night. I was Nick yeah. at night. You know I was I mean? nicking at night. There you go. I had 32 channels. That's right. So, so, this, so these videos stand out in your memory, at least in your very flawed memory, as, as maybe the first ones. It's these two and Welcome to the Jungle, and I don't know which one I saw first. Welcome to the Jungle frightened me. I think I've talked about that on the show. It's scary. It is yeah. kind of scary. Uh, this one, I mean, this one should have frightened me because it's surreal, but... Uh, We'll start with the first one in chronological order, and that is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Don't Come Around Here No More, off the album Southern Accents, which came out in 1985. All right. And this is, this is probably the height of Tom Petty fame, would you say? I is guess. Is this it? It's, it's weird. Cause is he still going up, or is he starting to come down? No, Tom Petty is one of those weird ones where he's like always famous and everyone knows him, mm-hmm. but he's not really in the pantheon. Like, I don't think he's going to crack anybody's list of top 50 greatest rock and roll albums, which isn't to take anything away from him. He's good, but he's just always, like, kind of... In my mind, he's always just B-level. Well, well, I'm going to beg to differ on that. I'm going to say he's so good that you don't... He's, like, a constant in your life. It's like... Well, uh, maybe that's it. You know what I mean? You take it for granted. Because think of how many hit singles he has. I have a bunch of his records. I love Tom Petty. I want to get that on the record. And... If you listen to his greatest hits, it is song after song after song that you've heard a million times and, and have been at, you know, it's been in a million movies and on TV and on the radio. Yeah, movies, TV, uh, you know, like I think, I think Running Down a Dream is the theme of the World Series mm-hmm. or the All-Star Game or something. Classic rock radio, he's nonstop. So I'm going to argue that he's so famous and so consistent that now he's become like, I don't know, just just a just a national treasure like uh, Cheryl Crow or something. Interesting, or like know? or like an Elvis Costello type, uh-huh. where they just have not, they've just never done anything particularly bad or embarrassing. 
And it's also and almost maintained a certain level. I'm just thinking like I don't feel like he's ever soared to the heights of greatness mm-hmm. or will have like a legacy of like man, the first time I heard Free Fall and I went down and bought a guitar. Interesting. I just don't think it's he has that. But this is all it's not based on any scholarly research. Right. This it's just is my all, gut level. It's all our emotions. We're we're talking. We're just from, talking, yeah. We're shooting from the hip here. Right. It's not it's not thinking about it that makes the arrow fly. I, I think of him a little bit more well respected. And I sort of do you know who he's kinda like? He's kinda like Elvis Costello. Or I'm trying to think of people that are always around, are are good and are great songwriters, but I mean he's you know, it's not like Bruce Springsteen or something, or like I don't know. Well, who's like Maybe a, I'm just saying that because he's just so like uncool. <laughs> what? And not that. What are you talking about? Not that like. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of rock and rollers who are not um, uh, classically attractive in the Greek sense of the word. <laughs> Do you not think it's cool to have the same haircut your entire life, <laughs> from childhood to death? That's not cool. Yeah, kind hair- of a, a feathered sort of Joan Jet mullet. The, I think his haircut is, is basically. I use the shampoo that came with the hotel. <laughs> he, he, and he, you know what? I would even argue the way he looks physically is kind of the same as what you're saying. Like he's not good looking. He's not bad looking. <laughs> he, might be. He's just kind of there. You know what I mean? He's just kind of this guy. <laughs> Here's another really old memory. It's, okay. I was. I was. You. You. I think still subscribe to Mad Magazine. Mm-hmm. I would read it all the time as a uh, pre-teen, as okay. an adolescent, and I remember seeing this like quiz about rock and roll, and and one of the questions was how do you know when you've reached rock bottom, and one of the choices was Tom Petty tells you you look horrible. <laughs> <laughs> he does look pretty cool on the cover of one of his records from the '70s. He's got a, a nice red leather jacket. Which I told you privately at dinner the other night, how much I appreciate tight red leather jackets. Right. Is that the uh, Refugee cover? Yeah, yeah. Is that like his first? It's one of his early ones. It's, it's in the 70s. But um, I, I listen to him consistently my entire life. I'll throw a Tom Petty on probably every 90 days since I, I was born. Well, I tell you what. Wildflowers, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm just backtracking on my own words. Mm-hmm. Wildflowers is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. This is the theme of my junior prom. Was it? The song Wildflowers. But that one also has uh, You Don't Know How It Feels, which is a song I love. Mm-hmm. It's got um, Time to Move On, which is a great song. does not have Last Dance with Mary Jane, which I thought it had, but it, whatever. That's, that's a little later. I, I think, think that was on his greatest hits as a, uh, like no, that, a that's the one on, original track. That, that's one, no, it's, one, it's on a record. I forgot what it's called, but he, it's, it's for sure on one of his records that's not greatest hits. But, oh no! It was it was it was recorded during the Wildflowers sessions, and then oh, so you're right. Released on Greatest Hits. Son of a bitch! Weird. Yeah. I swear he has a. Well, I don't. Maybe I'm listening to the Greatest Hits record thinking. Maybe that's why I like him so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm listening to his Greatest Hits record thinking this is just an example of this one is of his just albums. Another one. Yeah. I'm like, goddamn, another good song. Yeah. This next song's great. Yeah. That could be it. But either way, so so in the the midst of MTV's heyday. What what year is this? Eighty four. Nineteen eighty five. Eighty five. So, okay. So Michael Jackson's Thriller has mm-hmm. come and gone. Okay. Um, this song, I, I haven't listened to it in years. I listened mm-hmm. to it just now. I'm surprised by how. I'm gonna choose my words carefully. It sounds timeless, which doesn't mean. Sometimes people say timeless, meaning it sounds like it could have come out today. Yeah. It sounds timeless in that it doesn't sound like it came from any time. Yeah. At all. Because it doesn't sound like a typical song from 1985. 
But also, if it came out on the radio today, it wouldn't quite fit in. What's interesting about Tom Petty? He's got is, the psychedelic stuff. As I sort of feel like he's always kind of been an artist that was ten years too late for where he was supposed to be in time. That's probably true. He's like a time traveler that missed the the year by a you know missed the, his decade by by ten years. Yeah, because he's always kind of sort of been a seventies kind of sounding guy. Much yeah. you know, and then in the eighties, like you said, this nineteen eighty five, and and we're in the height of new wave and and all kinds of electronic music and, and drum machines and stuff. Yeah. And he's playing a song that is very kind of like Woodstock. It's yeah, got, it's got, it's a, got sitar. a sitar. Sitar is like 69 to 75 is sitar's heyday. Yeah. You know? And then it has the backup vocals that the backup vocals are the most 80s thing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the drum beat. Well, I guess that's what's weirding me out is this like, snake eating its own tail thing of how music is nowadays. Okay. Because the drum beat sounds like a synthetic, like, drum machine sound, which sounds really modern, like a bunch of bands I like now, like, say, uh, like the band that does A Real Hero, mm-hmm. uh, College Plus Electric Youth together, uh, Future Islands or something. Mm-hmm. But those bands are all doing a retro 80s thing. And this, but this is actually a re- uh, something This that's... is actually an, an original 80s thing that bands are aping now, which right. makes this song sound contemporary, even though contemporary songs are old. Well, what we, what we have learned from Michael Jackson recently is sometimes th- they just kind of use the tutorial or default setting. Right. Like, this literally could be the, the thing you play on the drum machine, and it's just the default drum machine yeah. sound. And they're like, well, okay, let's write some, some sitar. Yeah. So that's very possible. These guys don't know. These guys are stoned out of their minds. They're, they're kind of old... Burnouts from the 70s, they don't know how to use a drum machine besides no. on and off. And probably also, I saw this, I think, before I had seen Alice in Wonderland. Oh, wow. So I just thought it was weird. Let's get, let's get into the Alice in Wonderland imagery and, and theme. It's, I guess, uh, the big theme of Alice in Wonderland and drugs in general is changes in perception. Yeah. Changes in, in how you perceive the world around you. And and it, it almost seems like low-hanging fruit to go for the Alice in Wonderland drugs thing. Well, especially this is after White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. Oh, by like, oh of course. By almost 20 years. Right, again, a time traveler out of time. Because Grace Slick, I've seen so many interviews with Grace Slick where she says the same thing of like, our parents wondered why we were doing drugs, and we'd just hold up Alice in Wonderland and said, well, you made me read this. <laughs> I learned it by reading you. Yeah. And yelling at an Alice in Wonderland book. I think that Tom Petty can almost pull off a Mad Hatter outfit. Oh, he can. As weird looking Absolutely. as he is, you almost could picture him dressed like that just at a normal dinner party. Yeah. Like he was invited to some, some rich person's house. Let's just say Bruce Springsteen, since I brought him up already. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen's there. Who, you know, Boy George is there. Some, some, it's like 80s heyday party yeah. time. And he shows up, and he's got this gigantic top hat on, <laughs> square yeah. glasses, you know, it, it just just stoned out of his mind. His hair nice and feathered. And I would think that I almost have a theory that Tom Petty didn't know it was an Alice in Wonderland video shoot. And he just showed up. So maybe he showed up for the shoot and they had different plans and then mm-hmm. had to scramble. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I will, give, I will give Tom Petty this. Best smirk in rock and roll. No yeah. one has a smirk like that. Yeah. He kind of does. He, oh, yeah. he is a very strange rock star. He I is. I forgot huh? he was in the Traveling Wilburys, too. Oh, he's talented, man. He's a talented yeah, guy. Absolutely. He's a great songwriter. 
Well, so this song was uh, co-written by uh, from the Arrhythmics. What is his name? Dave Stewart. Okay, nice. So he actually might have known his way around a drum machine. Yes, um, that's true. He was the he was the producer and co-songwriter. Mm-hmm. So the inspiration actually came from him, not from Tom Petty. And the inspir- but but it did actually come from Tom Petty because it was because he showed up in the Mad Hatter it was him, outfit. It was Dave looking at Tom Petty and going, "Do you know what he looks like?" Tom Petty was sitting there eating some <laughs> soup in his Mad Hatter outfit, having a cup of tea. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Whoa, f- lightning bolt!" Yeah, wait a minute, somebody get me some some black and white paint. So he, uh, David Stewart, went to a party at Stevie Nicks's house. Oh. Uh, the night before, she had just broken up with Joe Walsh from the Eagles um, <laughs> and then invited him to her place. He claims he didn't know who she was at the time, but went anyway, because, you know, when a when a weird woodland medieval goddess invites you to a party in Los Angeles, you got to go to that. I guess so. It was a wild time. When the partygoers all disappeared to a bathroom for a couple hours to do cocaine, mm-hmm. he decided to go up to bed. Mm-hmm. He woke up at 5 a.m. to find Nick's in his room trying on Victorian clothing and described the whole uh, scenario as very much reminiscent of Alice in Wonderland. So at 5 a.m., she's coked out of her mind, just putting on all these dresses. Putting on weird dresses. In the middle of the room. Yeah. Um, Then after a romantic encounter... um, Not not cocaine-fueled at all. (laughs) Yeah. She said, uh, don't come around here no more. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Gosh. And, and then that's, that is him uh, in the video as the sitar playing Caterpillar. Thing. I, was, I was wondering who that was, because I just figured it was the guitarist for the Heartbreakers. Yeah. I'm, I am going to say that this is a surprisingly sad song for the imagery. Yeah. Cause, because I didn't, you know, I didn't read the lyrics, but just that don't come around here no more really kind of has... At least the way Tom Petty sings, it might be his kind of warbly, wavering voice, but yeah. he really sounds like someone who's almost crying. It's very, it is very mournful, yeah. And it's saying, don't come around here no more. And it's, and, but you've got this whimsical, goofy Alice in Wonderland stuff. But having that tone, that really kind of sad tone, makes the video so much more creepy. Yeah. It, it's, if it was like a goofy, if it was like a, a song by Madness, a ska song or something, <laughs> right. yeah, but you'd be like, yeah, this is a blast. Because the know? rest of the heartbreakers in the video are a- trying really hard to be acting funny, mm-hmm. like making funny faces. Yeah. And like, they're like doing like the gym for the office thing, like looking at the camera, going like, I don't know. Yeah, but the, the song, I really don't think fits the video very well. Yeah. It's very mournful. It's almost, you could picture someone walking on the beach or something, or, or, it would have been a good idea to be at a party and your ex-girlfriend comes to the party and it shows someone sadly looking at his ex, laughing. The, uh, I mean, the lyrics, are. there's not much to it. It's basically the same couple lines just repeated, but there yeah. is this, I don't feel you anymore, you darken my door. Yeah. That's tough. It's a breakup I song. I don't feel you anymore is, is such a perfect line for a breakup. When you're a few, like a month into it or two months into it, that like... yeah. In a good or bad way, you know, whether you can go both. Yeah, either you're dumping someone, I don't feel you anymore, yeah. or you're the person that just like you can't feel the that that person that was in your life right. anymore. You're you like know? ready to get back. You're like, hey, I'm gonna get on Tinder because, and then you look at a picture of your ex and say, I don't feel you anymore. Uh-huh. Or your ex comes around and is like, please take yeah. me back. Nah, I don't feel you anymore. That's harsh. I almost, they always say the opposite of love is indifference. I almost would would also another point of view on that is is you want to feel them, but when they're so cold to you, 
you can't feel them anymore. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So that's kind of a sad, you're still like the sad person and you're like, maybe you've gone to get coffee with them and they're physically there, but they're so cold. Or you run into them in public and they're so cold that you can't feel them anymore. Oh, yeah. This is a whole, man, this whole Sundance movie just waiting to happen. Right, right. Starring that, starring Robin, what, the guy that plays Robin. What's his name? The, Robin Hood? Robin? No, the, the Robin Batman from the Robin? third Batman. Chris uh, O'Donnell? <laughs> I wish, you know, Chris O'Donnell, he's, he's got like nine kids. He's never uh, not felt someone anymore. Oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, the, Joseph, okay, I yeah, can yeah. never remember his name, yeah. sorry. Yeah, absolutely, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's in it, and then I guess it could just be 500 Days of Summer with this song pushing. Maybe it's in kind it. of the same thing, yeah. Maybe it's in there. I guess it's also Eternal Sunshine of the Spot is Mine. Yeah, okay. It's a, it's a lot of movies, which why, let's have another. Yeah, of we'll, course. We'll work on that. People are always heartbroken forever. <laughs> So the the cake eating in this, when Alice is being eaten as a cake, is is horrifying. <laughs> it has, is absolutely horrifying. And I do remember that from my childhood. How it did that kind of did disturb me as a child. I remember being a little disturbed by that, but also I was a I was a young man. Mm. The um, the weird like sort of I don't know what you'd call them. The ladies that come in and do the hey and the stop and pop oh, in. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was way into that. I thought it was super cool how they would only pop in front of the camera and say hey and then disappear. Mm-hmm. And then they're wearing these skin-tight spandex, uh, black lodge floor Twin Peaks outfits. Yeah, to kind of blend in with the background. Yeah, I remember that had a, 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 a an effect on me that I couldn't articulate at the time. Yeah, it, it is. I think it's just no one likes being startled. <laughs> Yeah, because they really are appearing out of nowhere, going "Hey!" with with like white makeup mm-hmm. and and tall hair, really tall hair, very Tim Burton esque hair. Yeah, wow, was this sort of Tim Burtony before Tim Burton was Tim Burtony? It, it kind of is. This was probably before, like, or the same time as Pee Wee. It's before Pee Wee is like eighty seven. I guess Tim Burton did go on to direct an Alice in Wonderland movie. Yeah, awful one. Uh, <laughs> I. I, I I'm not going to see it, so oh, I'll trust God. you on that. Oh, awful. I think I didn't need you to tell me that to know that. Yeah. It's – this was on MTV constantly. This, I bet this has been played five million times on, on MTV from 1985 to 1986. <laughs> and uh, I, guess, I guess I can't say I listen to a lot of classic rock radio, mm-hmm. but uh, Free Fallen kind of seems to be the big one. I, I like that song a lot. Oh, it's a great song. Good karaoke song, too. Mm-hmm. It's not too hard to sing that. What's my favorite? My favorite one is... Uh, Tom Petty has limited vocal range, which makes him a good karaoke guy. Yeah. That's why, he, that's why he's much more of a songwriter than a kind of singer. Yeah, I mean, he's not, he's not Freddie Mercury out there. He's kind of... <laughs> I mean, he's, a, oh, he's obviously aping Bob Dylan. And he's found a way to make it work. Oh, absolutely. Because it... I, Again, I I think he's just a great, great songwriter, great musician. What else is there to say about this about Alice in Wonderland? Yeah, you have some other points. No, it's on YouTube. Watch it on YouTube. I do. I do. My favorite part, I think, was the part where Alice drinks the tea, and then all her perception of size starts changing. So Tom Petty's hat gets really big, and yeah. his glasses get big, and then his cup gets small, and her, you know, her, her cup tea, gets big. Her, yeah, teacup gets big. I like that Tom Petty seems to shrink, but his clothes stay the same, mm-hmm. or his clothes get big and he's the same. I don't know. Right. Which which is a big theme in Alice in Wonderland. What year did the Disney one come out? It came out in like the fifties, right? Yeah, probably. Isn't it from the? 
golden age of Disney. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that they didn't have any sort of... It was very limited in what from Alice in Wonderland they had. This could, could have just been a budget thing or something, but, I, but they didn't have any kind of Queen of Hearts or any kind of cards. They didn't have any roses painted red. So here's when the movies came out. Um, the first one was in 1903, then 1910. There's then a ni- 1903 Alice Then, then 1915, then 1931, then 1933, then 1949, Are then the kidding? Disney one in 1951. Whoa. I didn't, how, I didn't realize the book was that old. The book is from 1865. That's when the Civil War was going on. I, I thought it was 1880s or 90s. So. Yeah, I thought it was later. Interesting. That Okay, the 1903 one has to be... Terrifying. They all must right? be just waking be just, nightmares. Yeah. Like even the Disney one, which is the most kid friendly, is still kind of scary. There's a lot of beheadings in it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot, there, of, a lot of, just a lot of grotesque. Everyone in Wonderland is kind of, is just, I guess they're just, everyone's insane, but everyone's sort of confrontational and not helpful. And they're not really, people aren't really friendly. They're all, it's just like a place of madness. And I'm watching the 1915 one, which is on Wikipedia, all 14 minutes of it. <laughs> well, that was the longest movie at the time, probably in history. It was probably like Titanic. Yeah. Uh, just, to, just the weird graininess and the weird-looking people and the shaky, scratchy. There's just something eerie about that to begin with. But to make it Alice in Wonderland. Oh, wait. here. Oh, there's a Cheshire. <laughs> Cheshire Cat. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's no Cheshire Cat in the Tom Petty video. No. Oh, the Cheshire Cat in this movie is just like a... It's like a... looks like a mascot head that they've just set in a tree. Like the mascot yeah, for the yeah. Detroit Tigers or something. Yeah. That's great. I, change, I take it back. Go watch this. We'll link <laughs> to it. This is wonderful. Well, so, be, I guess... What, what initially really linked it to drug culture? Like, the... Stevie well, Nicks... Well, I mean, the whole one pill... Besides just the literal goofiness of take a pill, one makes you big, one makes you small, is, is it from, from Fleetwood? Is it Fleetwood Mac that, that does White Rabbit? Who is it? No, uh, uh, Jefferson Jefferson Airplane, Airplane I mean. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is that the, what really linked it to kind of 60s drug culture? I mean, it had to be that they, some, you know, some idiot watched the Disney cartoon or, mm. or read the book. I mean, it's... Someone influential, though? Like Timothy Leary or somebody? <laughs> no, it's just like probably someone who had the 60s equivalent of a podcast, uh, which would be... The, in the 60s, the equivalent of a podcast would be like having a bunch of friends. <laughs> a dozen friends. <laughs> having a dozen friends. Yeah, pretty much. Having a dinner party and you get a little too drunk and won't shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's so trippy. The, the thing's always smoking a hookah. Uh-huh. So you can see that if, if you're a stoner, you'd watch that and be like, dude. I guess that's true. Check it out. And just, and just applying things to it that... I mean, there's the whole, like, all the nonsense language and stuff. Like, yeah, I guess it, it is very just surreal. I mean, they didn't really have psychedelic drugs in 1865. Mm-hmm. Besides you, like, getting your legs sawed off because it was gangrene or something, yeah. and, and you're in a fever dream. Yeah, making, maybe accidentally drinking whiskey that was well, actually, distilled with poisonous water. They're, they're, actually, that's not completely true, because back then they would give cocaine to, to fussy babies that were teething, yeah. And, and laudanum, which is you know, which is opium in alcohol, which is pretty much why how everyone dies that, that gets an operation. They take painkillers and then drink too much booze, yeah, and just die in their sleep. So that they have it already premixed for you in the late eighteen hundreds. And Lewis Carroll had uh, some pretty significant health problems too. So they were probably just loading them up with whatever 
nonsense garbage water they could find. It's really interesting to to think what taking drugs must have been like bef- when drug the concept of drugs weren't even a concept. Yeah. Like like you are let's you're an upstanding businessman in 1860 and you've got this head cold and you just, you know, they give you they give you heroin for it. And then you're just shooting it up and I don't know if you would be like Give me my medicine, sir. Yeah. How dare you? God, you know, would you have a real, like, you would like it, but, but linked with drug use now is so much secrecy and shame and, and all this stuff. Can you imagine someone sliding you and you standing up at a dinner party and going, how dare you? I yeah. am a cocaine addict. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just, it just, I don't know. Just such a specific oh, she, in point the, history. In the book, she literally eats, quote, magic mushrooms. But I don't think magic yeah, mushrooms had, were a thing anyone, at the time. So it's all, just, it's all just where you can connect the dots later and it works out nicely. Well, I mean, did, did people must have eaten mushrooms in the 1800s. Did they, they must have occasionally stumbled upon, what's it called, cyclobin or something? Yeah. And, and, just, and just had a... God, I don't even know what you would think if you ate mushrooms and had, had a mushroom experience on them. There by, is, uh, <laughs> by God, angels have spoken to me. There is apparently no evidence that he was a drug user, but he did have mental disorders that caused hallucinations. That's scary. And that, according to this thing I'm reading specifically, he would feel bigger or smaller than he was. <sighs> like, and that'll happen. Like, you ever, like, chugged a whole thing of cough syrup and you kind of feel like your legs are too far away? Yeah. No. Whatever. Well, it's one of those uh, things, uh, like I was just talking about, those this guy in 1860 is, is thinking, I feel really weird. I guess I did all of my cocaine yeah. that I got from the pharmacy, but that's just cocaine. You can yeah. buy it on your corner drugstore. Right. This guy who calls himself a doctor. <laughs> you didn't even have to go to a doctor. You, oh, could yeah. bu- you could buy all this stuff just literally at the drugstore. You just walk over there and let me have a bottle of your laudanum. And maybe, uh, why not? My back has been slightly aching. How about some morphine? Yeah. You know? I guess morphine was later, right? To get people off heroin or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the history of opiates. Well, you need to, to start studying. You gotta start somewhere. <laughs> um, well, Running Down a Dream, also a great song. That's a great riff. Right. Underrated riff. do 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 that's, that's the thing about almost all of Tom Petty riffs. They sound effortless, and they sound like you've already heard them, which to me oh. is the sign of a great guitar riff. Okay, speaking of that, back to Don't Come Around Here No More, it quotes I Want to Be Sedated at the end of it. It does? It straight up does the solo and the chord progression from I Want to Be Sedated. Just that one note solo. Interesting. It might be a different key, but I heard it, and I was like, oh my god, this is straight up Want to Be Sedated. You think that's a conscious thing? And even the chords sounded the same, the you think you think that was on purpose for sure? I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a thing in rock and roll where you just sort of quote another right. melody. Like, it's also probably very easy to subconsciously do. It. Yeah, very easy. Yeah, there's only so many notes. There's only like seven of them. <laughs> there's like seven. Yeah. <laughs> how how do how do we even do it? How do we make new songs? It's, it's incredible. It yeah. kind of it kind of blows my mind that yeah. every song hasn't already been written. Yeah, a hundred percent of them. You can't write a new song. It's just covers for the rest of eternity. Yeah. But no, there's the, and derivatives. these no. people still come up with songs. Yeah. The thing, besides the great guitar riff that, that starts it out, it's, what genre of music would you, would you call 
that's the, this song, Running Down a Dream. Because it's, it's not really like a classic rock song. It's not really an 80s song. It's not... Yeah, it doesn't sound like an 80s song. I guess it's just rock and roll, which is a <laughs> genre that it seems weird to think of. It seems weird to think there's a genre that's just called rock and roll. Everything's got to be like, oh, it's a, it's a swamp rock song or some so, shit like that. So what other, what other band would you say is in the this, this same sort of genre? Like John Cougar Mellencamp? Yeah, John Cougar Mellencamp, uh, Brian Adams. Brian Adams. It's almost like, it's like rock meets soft rock almost. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Because it is a strange song. Both these songs are very strange. Yeah. This has a nice call, the animated video, black and white. Yeah, calling back to legendary animation pioneer Windsor McKay. Is that is that what it is? Uh, yeah, and uh, the Little Nemo in Dreamland. Okay. Oh yeah, totally, huh? Yeah. Because I was I was trying to figure out what the motivation what for this was besides a dream. It's clearly a dream because it's super surreal. Yeah. And and then the black the black and white animation I was curious about. There is a nice Alice in Wonderland uh, callback to Don't Come Around Here No More in the very beginning. Did you yeah, notice that? Yeah. With Tom the, Petty the, and the, um, the, the, blo- like the hot balloon. air balloon. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, that guy looks just like our boss, Mr. Pumpernickel, that little cigar chomping baby thing. Yeah. With the crown on. It's really it's, interesting. It kind of was unnerving. The whole thing kind of felt like a tour through Smogville. Yeah, it did. It did. It was really unnerving. What was that guy? Was he supposed to be a little king? A little clown? Some sort of little dream king? I'm sure if you know more about Little Nemo. Yeah. So this is d- directly inspired by Little Nemo. Then. Yeah. Yeah, and Little Nemo wakes out of bed and then crazy stuff happens. Took an animation class once. Nice. Well, we're just watching. No, I'm not doing animation. I just watch <laughs> it. I never win. Okay. Why would I go to that? Why would I waste four hours of my night watching cartoons? No, I just took the class... Went to the first 45 minutes for the lecture, mm-hmm. and then was like, I'll just watch this on video in my own time. Okay, good. Anyway, we learned about Windsor McKay and that, and Little Nemo. What's with the little coda at the end where Tom Petty's wearing like a more subdued Mad Hatter outfit? May, may, I think he might have just dressed like that. It's just him, yeah. I, th- I think that's the inspiration for Don't Come Around Here No More, is just Tom Petty's kind of dressed like the Mad Hatter. I picture Tom Petty not talking a lot in real life, and when he does, you can't understand him. He kind of, like... And it's kind of quiet. Like yeah. You really have to lean in. Whispering. Like, oh, man, you know what I'm saying. And that's what happens. You're, like, standing around with your buddies, and you're just talking, and you get carried away, and you're laughing and joking. And then mm. you hear, like... <laughs> and then you look, and you had forgotten that Tom Petty, the Mad Hatter, was there in right. the circle. Right. Because he doesn't really contribute, but he just kind of, like, watches you through his little round sunglasses... Mm-hmm. And then occasionally going, <laughs> how much? Or, or he'll go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then tips his his giant top hat. How much weed do you think he he has smoked in his life? Do you think he's ever not been high, ever? Uh, that's hard to say. I mean, it do, really doesn't. Based on our scientific observation, doesn't look like it. I if I had to to argue, someone who has smoked pot. All day long, every day of their life since 1971. No, earlier. I want to say 68. Until currently. Oh, my God. I'm about to drop a bombshell on you. Okay. On May 17th, 1987, an arsonist set fire to his house. To Tom Petty's house? To Tom Petty's house in Encino. Firefighters were able to salvage the recording studio and the original tapes and his guitar. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> However, his signature gray top hat was destroyed. <laughs> And by arsonist, that means Tom Petty falling asleep with a joint in his mouth. <laughs> in his hat. I think there was an arsonist, or it must have been an arsonist. <laughs> these are well, these are allegations are all alleged and purely for entertainment purposes. Of course, of course. He's... Uh, we we have no knowledge of Tom Petty participating in narcotics or illegal substances. Right, right. Totally. Nor, nor do we endorse such things. Mm-hmm. His signature gray top hat was just like. He's he's outside and the firemen are like bringing things out like. Where's my time? Where's my time? They bring out a guitar. Like, okay, okay. And then they just they, it has to be, they have to come out with a top hat shaped thing. Yeah. And then a gust of wind comes along and blows it yeah. away. And then it, I can picture in slow motion two firefighters holding him back while he's like trying yeah. to go into the fire. Yeah. And he's like jumping and like his screaming. Hair's all messed yeah. up. His, his Joan Jet hair is flying around and. It, Oh man, do you, do you know what a flow or a, I think it's called a floby is? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's like it's the original suck and cut. Right. So yeah. so it's a it's a basically a hair cutting device you attach to a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. And I ha- I'll bet you anything he cuts his hair with that. <laughs> with a floby. It's very feathered because it gives you a real feathered look because you're you're cutting your hair with a vacuum cleaner. So it's going to be very consistent, you know? More consistent than he, than a hairdresser or stylist yeah. or whatever. And then it's it's you can tell he just locked in like extension number four, and, it, and that's like the four inch extension, and then just goes all over his whole head. Yeah, and that gives him kind of the parted, and then <laughs> blow perfect. dries it. Perfect kind of feathered hair that that he still has today. I'm sure he's on my bucket list actually to to see live. There's a few artists I, I want to see live really bad, and he's one I, I never have. He plays here a lot. It seems like um, does but, he? Yeah, he's. Uh... Looks like on this tour he's skipping Smogville. Probably, uh, probably your clo- closest to Smogville would be either Denver or Philadelphia. Wait, is he on tour right now? Yeah. Like how how soon is he playing? Close? Are you talking like in a couple months or? I'm saying that this very night he's in Memphis at the FedEx Forum. Oh really? And uh, tomorrow, when this episode comes out, tomorrow he's in St. Louis. Okay. Good. Gosh, I might go check him out. I may be able Red to, Rocks to at check the end of the that month. off. God, that'd be so great. Well, we have a letter here from Ryan Andersons. Um, oh, by the way, Ryan and Seth Furtenbaugh want to get on your Metal Mix mailing list. Ryan and Seth? Ryan Andersons and okay. Seth Furtenbaugh. All right. So there's that. I'm working that. on it. Uh, Ryan says, Sean, you, I want to get on your CD mailing list. You have excellent taste in music. I started listening to the Bronx after you name dropped them. Mm-hmm. They're now one of my favorite things to listen to while writing. So good. I'd like to have something to thrash to whilst on a leisurely Sunday drive. Plus, I don't have satellite radio, so I missed out on your DJing debut, unfortunately. Uh, secondly, I know Brighton has kind of dropped off reading comics, but have either of you watched Legion? Uh, oh, yeah. We do. Yeah, he asked if the Ferris wheel picks up FX. It can. Yeah. Um, there's a cable we have to kind of. It's it's yeah. this whole like feud thing where we keep stealing cable from the barbershop and. Right, but then but then, but then the Ferris wheel will go in a circle and tear the cable out of the wall. Yeah, <laughs> it's really hard. And it's a mess. But um, <laughs> I watched the first one. I was it was super interesting. It's uh, it's also a psychedelic trip. I've I've heard a lot of good things. I I love the character. I want to see it, but I, just... I, lo- I love Abby Plaza and I love uh, what's his name from the show. The guy from Downton Abbey. Yeah, Matthew. Co- cousin Matthew. Yeah. yeah, cousin Matthew. He's real skinny now. He's gotten real thin. I, I just saw a movie with him in it. 
He's in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> he's a pretty, um, he's a great actor, but he's a pretty generic guy. Even his name is Dan Stevens. Mm-hmm. Like, he kind of seems like maybe he's, like, in Witness Protection or something. Right. He's, a, he's like a Tom Petty of actors. Yeah. Uh, but no, I've, I've only watched the first one. I, I mean to keep watching it. I'm just bad at consistently watching television. Yeah. I just moved. Me too. It's I don't, really hard. I, I can't. I, my attention span is down. If I had... Down to seconds it, now. It's funny because it's easier than ever to catch up on TV shows, and yet it's harder. If I just knew that a, a show I liked, I had to be there Thursday at 8 to watch it, mm-hmm. then I'd watch it every week. Right. But when it's like, oh, I can... Oh, I'm a couple episodes behind in The Flash, huh? Oh. Yeah. Four and a half seasons behind. Because <laughs> I just... I was like, I can watch it whenever I want. I can watch yeah. five episodes right now. Ah, yeah. The only thing I'm keeping up on lately is just new music coming out. That's about it. Um, he says, finally, a query for the Smogville lexicon. Does the town or fair have an emergency broadcast system? Yeah, you're, it's us. you're, you're listening it. to it, yeah. man. Yeah. This is it. So it's it's not very efficient because our episodes only come out like Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. So potentially, if Thursday at lunch something terrible happens. Right. It's going to be a while until f- the word gets out. That's true. So We might need to rethink this. Uh-huh. Um, he says the term May Day is used in triplicate to avoid misunderstanding it for another word. Um, did the need for triplicate originate in Smogville? Do we have some sort of safe word, some sort of emergency word? We do, and like it's if all... a drunk tries to scale the Ferris wheel or something. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's also three words. They're just different words. It's World Champion Podcast. That's a t- Oh, that's why... Yeah, people kind of panic right at the beginning of our right. episode. I thought they were just excited, like it was Beatlemania. And everyone, yeah, and it, and everyone also seems very numb to the fact that we're we're doing a May Day every single Thursday. Yeah, get us oh, out. That's of, us trying to get out. Get out, out of get us out of this goddamn Ferris wheel, man. Right. How many times do I have to say World Champion Podcast before you get it through your <laughs> thick skull? Before we call the National Guard. <laughs> Who do I have to yell World Champion Podcast at? See, and the only person like really receptive to this is Jonas, and he's trapped in his own thing. Right. I think last I heard, he was in a barrel forced to go over Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, he's, some say he's still going over Niagara Falls they, as they we speak. They think he's caught in like one of those whirlpools. <laughs> he's just going around in a circle, and he's going, guys! And he gets right to the edge. Oh! <laughs> guys! It's very nerve-wracking. Yeah. Oh, it's a mess. And the, the barrel's leaking, even. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks, Ryan. Uh, yeah, good luck in your cubicle. Ryan's a colleague of ours. Too. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll work on these. It's going to be one of those things where it's six to eight weeks for shipping, like something you order off TV. I'm going to work on these metal mixtapes, but I got a, a very busy schedule of not watching Legion. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll try to hurry. Uh, American Gods just came out. I'm right. very, really excited to not watch that. I'm ditto, man. I, I loved the book, and I, I was excited to watch the first episode or first season, or maybe the first couple seasons when I have the time. Yep. We're too busy spinning this wheel, and now we got the inspector coming. <laughs> yeah. We have the Ferris wheel inspector You think inspector I'm watching general. TV when I'm trying to wash all these Ferris linens, and he's trying to make all these pork chop wheels? We, man, this is, this is like, this could be jail time for us. This could be treason. I don't know. It I don't know how treason. it works. I haven't, it's been a long time since I've read the Constitution, and mm. I lost my pocket copy in the laundry. Oh, I was going to tell you about that treason thing. There's no trees on the Ferris wheel. Like, if branches brush against it, that's a health code violation thing, safety violation. So it's not treason 
It's no trees on. Oh, because when the they Ferris said wheel. when they said you're going to be in trouble for trees on. Yeah. Unless you cut these down. I know. At first, I was panicking oh, too, but it. it's trees on the Ferris wheel, not treason. Yeah, that, I guess that would be an impediment. <laughs> yeah. Thick it's, branches. It's a safety problem for sure. Yeah. And I see their point of view. It just you know that gives you quite a start. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Like the time a tree fell on my car. Yeah, trees in the car. Trees mm-hmm. on the car. Yeah. Sounds worse than it is. It's my favorite Ramones song. <laughs> trees on the car. Trees on the car. Trees on the car. Gonna scratch that roof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? The, the Ramones really are kind of the Alice in Wonderland of, of punk rock because they're just basically taking drugs all day. And, and you don't know what they're talking about. And just kind of turn themselves into real-life cartoon characters. Yeah, Joey Ramone. If there's anyone that belongs in Wonderland, it's Joey Ramone. Oh, yeah. Like, impossibly skinny. Yeah. You want to talk about someone that, that makes Tom Petty look handsome. Not to be rude. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is it. We've talked about this. We can't be punching down. That's right. That's right. Uh, my apologies to the Ramones. Apologies to the Ramones. See you next week. And Tom Petty. I love you.